Schwartzman drew a slow breath and knew from her overproductive salivary glands that she wasn't done being sick. There you are, Hal's voice. Without turning to look at him, Schwartzman raised her palm to keep him from coming closer. Hal had been the one to drive her home post-op, to get her set up for those first couple of days when she could barely make it from bed to the bathroom and back. Since then, he'd been watching her like a hawk. I'm almost done, she said, as another wave of nausea filled her throat, and she retched again. Nothing came up but a thin string of stomach acid. She shuddered. With a couple of deep breaths, she tested the nausea. Maybe it had passed. She shifted the waist of her slacks so that it didn't press against her stomach. She was wearing her loosest pants. They were all loose now, but the sensation of anything against her skin made the nausea worse. Maybe she could show up to a scene in her pajamas. At least she might get there quicker. Take this. Hal pressed a travel package of tissue into her palm. The pressure in her stomach was gone. She pulled a tissue free of the pouch and touched it to her mouth. Much better. Take your time. She took a few slow breaths and stood upright. When she felt confident she wouldn't vomit on the homicide inspector, she turned toward him. How'd you know I was here? Someone hear the sound of retching? Hal grinned, his teeth bright against his smooth, dark skin. I think they heard your car but it might have been the vomit that tipped them off. He wore a gray button-down and a black blazer, more formal than usual. He looked sharp. I can't believe you can just stand there and watch me. She returned to the car for the tin of mints and put two in her mouth. It doesn't make you sick, watching someone throw up? Nope, Hal said, a little proudly. It does me, Schwartzman admitted. I watched a patient throw up in the OR in med school. The anesthesia made her sick. She'd had chicken salad for lunch, and it came back up. You could see the red peppers and the asparagus. She stopped herself before the image filled her mind. Even the thought of it made her gag. I had to leave the room, ran across the hall, looking for a bathroom, and ended up in an empty OR, vomited all over the floor in a sterile room. Hal's booming laugh made her smile. I'll bet that made you popular with the cleaning crew. Not very. You spend enough years in homicide, and you lose your gag reflex, he said. Anytime we get a new inspector, I end up watching somebody vomit. At least the first few scenes. I hadn't thought about that, she said. It took time to get used to dead bodies, the sight of them the smells. Dead bodies didn't make her gag, even the particularly smelly ones. She was accustomed to rotting flesh and decomp, but someone else vomiting? That was gross. Better than that she worked with dead patients rather than live ones. The dead didn't vomit. She folded the tissue inside out, used it to dab the moisture from her eyes, and handed the package back to him. Keep it, he said. I borrowed them from Haley's desk. Schwartzman smiled, and a beat passed between them. He scanned her face, examining her. She knew he was wondering. How bad does she feel? How much energy does she have? 
He was going to tell her to go home, to rest. She lifted her hand. Don't say it. You don't have to be here, he said at the same time. I'm here. She opened the trunk of her car with a key fob for her crime scene kit. Hal stepped in and picked it up for her. It was awkward to stand aside and let him take it. After her first chemo treatment, she had argued about carrying her own case. She must not have been that convincing, because Hal didn't listen. And she didn't invite him. Before, she would never have allowed someone else to carry her equipment. But this was after. Today, she was grateful. She had read all the warnings about how the chemo would make her feel, the exhaustion, the nausea, the sores. But she had sworn she would make it through. I won't barf on your scene. You might.